There are two hills fighting for the heart and soul of this nation, Capitol Hill and Calvary. That's right, politics and religion, the two things you're not supposed to talk about. But what are we doing? We're not running away from either of them. In fact, we're pitching our tent and we're setting up camp right smack dab in the middle of them both, taking on today's most controversial political moves through a biblical lens. It's time to equip this generation to rise up into its God-appointed destiny to enter into, fight, and win the culture wars. It's time to take our nation back. Welcome to Camp on the Hill. Christians, patriots, welcome to another episode of Camp on the Hill. I'm super excited for you guys to be listening to this one. I've been uh, really excited about uh, about sharing uh, what I'm going to share today in this episode for a while. So let's hop right into it. I'm going to make a very bold claim at the beginning of this episode. And the bold claim is this. We are seeing the emergence of a new kind of fascism today. And this new kind of fascism is not necessarily happening just in Europe and, 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 and places that we've seen it in the past. We are seeing the emergence of this new kind of fascism today, right now, in the United States of America. And I'm not the only one saying it. Uh, but what is fascism? You know, uh, a lot of people have these ideas of what they think fascism is. But what really is fascism? And why for the past six years have we heard Donald Trump over and over and over labeled by the left as a fascist. Well, I had this conversation with a friend recently, and I asked him this question. I said, I said, what is fascism? And I'm going to give you his answer in just a moment. But real quick, guys, before we hop into that, please go ahead and share this episode uh, on Facebook. Go ahead and share this episode on all your social media outlets. Um, and tell others about it. Let's get the conversation going on this because this isn't just about a podcast. This isn't just about th – this is about saving this nation. There's, there's absolutely no doubt in anyone's mind anymore that this nation is, is under attack. And it's under attack from within uh, by ideologies um, in people on the left and the right that are absolutely running this nation in the ground. So please go ahead, share this episode, talk to people about it, tell your friends and family about it, get these conversations going. I got a buddy who is, you know, he, he shares it with his friends at work and then they talk about it. it, it get the conversation going. Um, we need more people to be engaging in the type of things we're talking about here in Camp on the Hill. Go check out the new website, camponthehill.org. It is your one-stop shop for all podcast episodes, all video work that we've done um, on Facebook, on YouTube. And now because YouTube is shutting us down, we have videos up on Vimeo. Um, and all that can be accessed right there at camponthehill.org. In addition to some live in-person teachings I've been doing locally in Cincinnati, Ohio. So check those out. And also, coming soon, been super excited about this one, Camp on the Hill merchandise. We just got in t-shirts and some stickers, you know, those awesome stickers that you put on water bottles and laptops and every other thing. It's super, super awesome. We're looking into hats and some other things as well. Um, so that is going to be available coming soon as well to the Camp on the Hill website, camponthehill.org, and we'll advertise it on Facebook. So please, uh, after this episode, go ahead on over to social media, share this, 
and go ahead over to camponthehill.org and check this out. But back to what we were talking about. The answer to that question, I asked my buddy recently, I said, hey, what is fascism? We're just having a conversation about it. And he said, well, isn't it like a far-right political system? And what's interesting about that is that's what you often hear. I did a little bit of research of my own online and just did a a quick little uh, search over on uh, Google. And what does it pop up with? Everything is fascism is a far-right political system. Fascism, and, and, And that makes absolutely no sense. And I told my buddy, no. That's what we're always taught. That's what I was taught. But but when you actually look at the political spectrum, okay, traditionally, people that are left of center believe in more government. If you follow that all the way to the left, you end up with communism, total state government control. That's total government control. Usually, people on the right agree with left uh, with less government. Well, if you follow that, you don't end up with fascism, which is more government control. You end up with anarchy. If you follow it far right on the political spectrum, you would end up with zero government anarchy. Far left, you would end up with communism. And people usually put fascism somewhere right in between center and anarchy. But what actually is fascism? Well, historically, when we look at examples of fascist societies, and two of the most famous are Hitler's Germany and Mussolini's Italy, what you see is this. You see the public and private sector working together to push a system of governance on the governed. And along with that, of course, you have suppression of political opponents. And in the past, fascism has been pushed through extreme nationalism. But today, we're not really seeing a sense of extreme nationalism in the United States of America. I mean, I mean, we're seeing everything but that. I mean, you have the left in the United States of America for literally the past, I mean, basically since Obama was in office, you had the left beginning this crusade, this religious crusade of tearing down everything that is America, the story of America, the founding fathers of America, the ideals upon which we were founded, the the ideals upon which we are governed today, just tearing those down um, piece by piece. It's absolutely crazy. So in the past, like in Germany under Hitler, where we saw uh, Hitler's fascism pushed through extreme nationalism, just extreme nationalistic pride um, in, in, in being German and the whole idea of an, of, of, of an Aryan race, of, a, of an ultimate race. We had extreme nationalism where today that's being thrown out instead for adherence to a specific set of ideals in something called ESG. Now, if you haven't heard of ESG, we're going to get into it in just a minute, but it is absolutely wild. It is in place already, not just in places around the world, but in the United States of America, ESG is at work and it is affecting major parts of our lives right now. And most people have never even heard of it. And we're going to get into that in a second. But today's the rise of of this new type of fascism. You know, I'm doing some reading lately uh, on Glenn Beck. Uh, Glenn Beck has a new book out. And in the book, um, he's talking about the emergence of what he calls 21st century fascism. 
It's a new type of fascism. It's fascism traditionally because it's the blending of the public and the private sector. It's government and corporations working together to accomplish what government cannot accomplish on its own because of a democratic society, because the people have a say. And we're seeing that, but it's it's this new funky type of fascism because it's not being pushed through things like race and nationalism like we saw in the past. It's instead being pushed through this ESG, which we're going to get into in just a second. And when you look at some of the things that we are being taught to believe, and when you look at the left, the left specifically and, 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 and some of their ideals, and we're going to get into that in just a second through this EIG, the ESG, some of these ideologies they have, it really is like a religious creed, which is super interesting. More and more people I've heard recently saying the left is has, has shifted in the past number of years. You know, whereas the right, you know, the Republicans, they've been doing pretty much the same thing. They've been, you know, saying, hey, we believe in this, we believe in that, and we're making compromises and he, compromises with the left here and there just so the whole dang system doesn't fall apart and so we can keep our jobs and keep lining our pockets with Americans, uh, you know, taxpayers' money. Um, your, your traditional Republicans, that's what they've been doing. And so, um, but the left has been doing something a little bit more interesting. The left has been going psychopath way off the deep end, and they're not even functioning like politicians anymore. Instead, the left, the politicians and people in our society who would say that they're a little bit more left-leaning, especially the people that are far left, they've been sounding more and more like a bunch of religious fanatics, um, the left has begun to actually function like a religion over the past number of years. And I'm not the only one saying that. There's a lot more people that have been coming out and saying, you know what, the, the far left has been functioning more and more like a religion. They have their sense of what is holy. They have the, their, their holy, the, the, the sacred things that they always talk about, the things that are sacred to their cause. They have blasphemy laws, things that you are not allowed to say, otherwise you get censored. They have statements of adherence that you know who a true leftist is because they have these statements of adherence. They're functioning just like a religion. And a big part of that is this ESG. So what is ESG? ESG stands for Environmental Social Governance. Environmental Social Governance. And what it is, is it is an ideology, it's an idea that is being used by politicians and corporations simultaneously to create an economy almost entirely based upon stances on specific environmental and social issues. So basically, this is what it is. You have these politicians, especially left-leaning politicians, and it's not all the Democrats. There are a bunch of Republicans as well, which is why in the midterms coming up in November, we need to get out anyone on the left and the right who does not stand for the ideals upon which America was founded and the ideals that made America the greatest nation in the world in the shortest amount of time. Um, 
But we need to get both of those people out, not just the left, but the right. Because what they're doing is they're using this thing called environmental social governance because here's the deal. There are things that they have wanted to accomplish. There are things that politicians have wanted to accomplish for years and years. And all of these things are power grabs, okay? So when you look at the issue of climate change and notice that they don't say global warming anymore, you're not going to hear that anymore. Why? Because back in the 80s, I think it was back in the 70s or back in the 80s, they were pushing global cooling, saying, oh, we're headed into an ice age. And then they realized, well, wait a minute, that's not happening. So then the big fad became global warming. And that's all you heard for years and years and years from people like Al Gore and John Kerry and others. But now you don't hear that anymore because they recognize, wait a minute, global, the whole global warming thing, the, the, earth, the earth isn't actually heating up at, at, at exponential uh, amounts of degrees that are actually going to kill us and flood us all in the next 10 years. Uh, no, no, they're not. It's not. Um, that's been proven um, because for years now, these people have been saying, whoa, wait, you know, the, just give it 10 more years and the oceans are going to be flooding the entire earth. There's going to be no land left. And that still hasn't happened. And they've done it multiple times and they've been wrong every single time. So you don't hear the word global warming anymore. You hear climate change. And so all that climate change is, is a power grab. Now, listen, could human beings be affecting our climate? Absolutely, we could with the amount of emissions that go into the air. Is that something that we should maybe sit down and talk about? Absolutely, it is. But that should not be left in the hand of a few government bureaucrats who are seeking power and are seeking to take something that affects all of us and, and make decisions to fix an issue for the rest of humanity. That shouldn't be something to do. So some things like climate change, they're power grabs. Um, things that we've seen like COVID-19, race, immigration, acceptance of LGBTQ agenda goals, all these things have been hijacked mostly by the left, some by the right, but mostly by the left in the United States because they're environmental, social issues. They deal with how they can grab more power in governing you and I through these crises. Rahm Emanuel, never let a severe crisis go to waste. Um, so that's what environmental social governance is. ESG is being used right now in our society and societies around the world to grab power away from the people. And we're going to get into some examples of, of how we've actually seen it so you, you guys can get a better understanding of what this thing is. But let me ask you, why? Why is this happening? Why are we seeing um, the government, the federal government, and corporations in America and around the world working together to create this economy based completely, almost completely, on things like climate change, um, race, immigration, acceptance. Why are we seeing these things pushed in Walmart? Why are we seeing these things pushed in Target? Why are we seeing these things pushed in in you know all these stores and these brands that we love? Why Coca Cola? Why are we seeing all these social issues pushed through, you know, when I go grocery shopping. Well, I'll tell you why. And it all goes back to something we've talked about on here before, the World Economic Forum. So if you've been following Camp on the Hill for any amount of time, and even if you haven't, you have probably heard recently of the World Economic Forum. Now, before two years ago, you probably had never heard of the World Economic Forum, but they've really started to gain a lot of traction over the last two years since... COVID in 2020, 
because they have been very, very vocal and very, very out in the open with the world, with the public on their goals. So the World Economic Forum in 2020 launched an initiative called the Great Reset, which basically is a a reset of the entire global economy. They call it reimagining capitalism. And basically what they mean by that is something called stakeholder capitalism, which there's not the time to go into that right now. But if you go over to camponthehill.org, plug, um, I've done a lot of teachings over there on what this is. This is called stakeholder capitalism. Um, But basically what they want to do is they want to reset the entire global economy. Well, how in the world do you reset the entire global economy with all the intricacies within every single economy uh, in the world? Well, here it is. Individual economies must be dismantled. Individual economies must be bankrupted so that an international organization can step in and bring order and a new global reset. And that is exactly what is happening. World Economic Forum members, right? So what the World, what the world Economic Forum is, is, is an organization based in Davos, Switzerland. And it brings together uh, heads of corporations and heads of state, right? Government and corporate. And they bring these together and it gives these people a place to talk about the big issues, in quotes, in our world right now, things like climate change, things like race, things like immigration, things like acceptance of the LGBTQ agenda, things like the future of technology and the problems that that might create, things like global hunger and food shortages, things like that. Every year, people come together, heads of state and heads of corporations, and they discuss how they are going to fix these things for the rest of the 8 billion of us in the world. Well, I have a problem with that because, you see, what should happen in in, in society is that if there are existential threats in society, the people should work together collectively and we should have a choice in what we do and what we don't do to bring about change, to bring about a fix. We should not hand power over to a select handful of global elites because anytime you entrust someone to fix a problem for you, you hand them power over your life. And that's exactly what we have done by entrusting corporations and government specifically through the COVID-19 pandemic, that's exactly what we've done is we've handed that, 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 that power over to them. So you might be wondering, well, wait a minute, We're, we've got a constitutional republic and it would take, so, you know, it would take a, a whole reformatting of our way of government to give these people that power. No, it won't. No, it won't. You know why? Because you already did it. In 2020, when they declared a global emergency and we all followed their orders from day one and we looked to them to tell us what this problem was, we looked to them to tell us what we need to do and what we can do and what we can't do anymore to fix this problem. We looked to them to give us the solution and then we looked to them to follow them step by step by step by step. We have already given them the power. The switch has already occurred. Make no bones about it. In theory, 
you and I in the United States of America, in documentation, we are living in a constitutional republic. In reality, we are functioning as a fascist society. Make no mistake about it. We are functioning as a fascist society. Do you wonder how, what, just how interesting it was that once uh, you know, COVID came out and you were going to go into your local big chain grocery store and you were told, well, you can't come in if you don't wear a mask. That is government enforcing through corporations what they know they do not have the constitutional ability to enforce on their own. But if they talk behind closed doors with the heads of these corporations and these corporations go along with it, the government is enforcing what they want to upon you and I, but they're doing it through the corporations because they can't do it. We would stop them. They have no constitutional right to tell you and I where we can go and where we can't go. They have no constitutional right to tell you and I that you have to take this shot or you can't do this or that or you'll get fired. They have no constitutional right to do that. But when they work through corporations, they are doing through the back door what they couldn't do legally through the front door. This is ESG. This is the rise of 21st century fascism in the United States of America. This is what we're living in right now. Now, what's interesting about this is this is a little bit further along in Europe right now. Everything that we've been seeing uh, these past three years in our world, all the craziness, they're staging these things in other parts of the world before they bring it to the United States because they understand something. They understand that Americans are cut from a different cloth than the rest of the world. And I'm being serious about this for a second. A lot of people that have been initiating these big things like the Great Reset, like ESG, these government leaders, these heads of state, these are not dumb people. These are very intelligent people. They understand psychology. They understand how human beings think and they understand sociology. They understand how people groups react to different situations. Well, looking at history, they understand that Americans are cut from a different cloth. They understand that Americans have a history rooted in rebellion and revolution. They understand that Americans have a history built upon not trusting government and instead taking things into our own hands, power to the people. They understand that most other parts of the world have a history based in monarchy and dictatorship. So a lot of the things that we've been seeing over the past three years have been tried out first in other parts of the world, like Europe, right, which has a history, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years based in monarchy, based in dictatorship, in fascism. And so when you look at Europe, they're a lot farther along than we are, but we need to watch Europe because we need to get an idea of what they're going to try to bring to America next. So right now in Europe, there are protests breaking out. Um, there are protests breaking out in Europe by the farmers because farmers have been you know, told a number of different things. They're not giving the fertilizer they needed, told they can't plant their crops. The farmers are saying, hey, we're going to have, you know, there's already talks of a global food shortage that is happening right now and coming. And now we're told that we can't plant our crops and we, you know, we can't get our crops. Farmers can't plant their crops. Well, we need to cut down on emissions. See, climate change, envi environmental government doing through corporations, through banks, not giving loans to farmers, through not selling fertilizer to farmers that they need to farm, telling them that, you know, it's the government working through corporate corporations, through the corporate realm to accomplish through the back door what they can't through the front door. 
And these farmers are protesting in Europe right now saying, we're not going to have food to eat. And they're also going into winter right now. And we're getting ready to go into winter. And Europeans are saying, we're, we're headed toward an energy crisis, right? Because we're in this Russia-Ukraine thing. Well, guess who holds a lot of the energy? Russia. And the European Union is, is holding fast that Russia is the Antichrist, basically, right? That, that Russia is, is the devil of all, of all creation, well, Russia, excuse the expression, has them by the balls because Russia is where a lot of the world right now is getting their oil from, is getting their energy from. You know, and that's a whole different thing to go into right there. Um, but it, it, we need to pay attention. We need to pay attention to what's happening in Europe because that's coming here, guys. Um, and I'm going to get into more of that farming in, in, in just a second here in America. Um, but you, so you want an example, uh, another example of ESG and how we've seen it in action in the past couple of years in America. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Atlanta was getting ready to host the Major League Baseball All-Star Game? And what happened? Uh, well, Georgia came out with a new Georgia voting law, right? Because the voting laws are straight crazy in places in America where you don't have to sign uh, you could be dead for years. You can vote multiple times. You cannot show an ID. So Georgia was like like any you know any state that has people that are rational thinking human beings. Rational before twenty twenty because that's when the whole world went bat freaking crazy. Um, but Georgia said, you know what? I think we should require IDs. So when someone comes to vote, they should have to present their state ID to show. This is who you really are. And yes, indeed, you do live in the state of Georgia. Makes sense to me. When I went to vote here in Ohio, I had to show an ID to show, yes, I am a citizen of Ohio. And yes, indeed, my name is Robert Mervine. I had to do that. But what happened? Right away, Joe Biden gets on TV and says, wait a minute. You're telling me the state of Georgia, which is in the South, interestingly enough, the state of Georgia is, is requiring its citizens to show voter ID to have to vote. Well, man, that is Jim Crow 2.0. So, Joe Biden, I got a question for you real quick. You ever heard of Emmett Till? Do a little research on him. Go ask him and his family about what you're talking about, man. Absolutely stinking crazy. He said it's Jim Crow 2.0. But then right basically saying it's racist. And what Joe Biden was actually making the claim is that African-Americans living in the state of Georgia could not present a state ID, that they are not able to present a state ID to be able to vote. Therefore, it is racist. Well, that in itself is a racist statement to single out specifically African-Americans and saying because they are African-Americans, they are not going to be able to present a a state ID to be able to vote. That is a racist statement on an entire group of people in the South, specifically. He chose to go there because it was a it was Southern state. Absolutely ridiculous. But then right away, you see all these corporations coming out with statements about it. And then what happens? Major League Baseball says, well, because Georgia's enforcing racism in their state, we're going to pull the All-Star game out of Atlanta. And where did they take it? To Colorado. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. So you're telling me you take the All-Star game out of Atlanta, which was going to bring hundreds of millions of dollars specifically to black families, and you take that money away from them and you send it to Colorado, which is predominantly white, and you're going to take hundreds of millions of dollars there instead. 
makes no sense at all, just like everything else the Biden administration has done these past almost two years now. But the point is this. Joe Biden gets out and says something, and he realizes he can't change it in himself. But if they go through the back door working with organizations like Major League Baseball, they can enforce, the federal government can enforce their social issues through economical power and force through corporations. That is ESG, my friends. That is the rise of 21st century fascism in the United States of America. And now we're hearing things right now about, uh, like in this new, uh, what they call it? it, wasn't the Build Back Better bill, the Inflation Reduction Act, which, by the way, I don't know how you spend $740 billion to reduce inflation. You spend three quarters of a trillion dollars like it's nothing, and that is supposed to help reduce inflation. I went to public school. Probably not the best math, but my goodness, I know that that does not reduce inflation. Um, but in this new reflation induction, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, Reduction Act, you hear about things like uh, the federal government paint it was either $2 billion or $20 billion. I can't remember the exact amount. Um, but paying farmers not to plant their crops this year so that we can begin the process of reducing greenhouse gases in half by 2030. I'm sorry, what? Anytime the federal government comes to you, even like the stimulus packages, yes, and says, hey, I have free money I want to give you, like the stimulus packages, like Joe Biden getting out there and saying, hey, we're going to cancel student debt, do not trust because whoever you take from, you are now a slave to. That's a biblical concept that, 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 that the debtor is slave to the lender. And that's what's happening right now is the federal government is creating slaves in this nation that we, that, that we are indebted to. And so there's been ideas talked about like banks not giving loans to farmers um, and only giving loans to farmers based on adherence to all these ESG cutbacks. It's absolutely crazy. Um, things like, you know, farmers not, you know, we can't, they can't even get the fertilizer that they need to plant their crops anymore. Um, and so that's what's happening is these companies like banks, like places that produce fertilizer are working with the federal government to do through the back door what the federal government can't do through the front door. And it's bankrupting our society, my friend. And that's what the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, that's what these global elites want. They want to bankrupt our societies. They tell you that everything looks good. They're even changing, they're, they're changing definitions. No, we're not really in a recession. Yeah, we are in a recession. We're in a hardcore freaking recession. Have you seen the inflation? Have you noticed how ridiculous it is when you go through the drive-thru at McDonald's and you're paying $30? That should not be. It's called cheap fast food for a reason. Not anymore. Um, they, the global elites want to bankrupt societies, including America, because they want their global reset. And so there are things that global elites want or feel they need to accomplish, but a democratic society prohibits them from doing this as quickly. That's the point. That's the point of things like our constitution. That's the point of things like our republic. That's the point of things like the principles that this nation was birthed out of. That we recognized that where we came from in England, things got out of control. 
and the colonists came here. And, and, and guess what? And then they were treated harshly here and not given proper representation. And they said, you know what? We never want this to happen again. And we fought a rebellion. We fought a revolution. We fought a war over this. The point of our constitution, the point of our way of government, which is a constitutional republic, the point of the very principles upon this nation was founded like power in the hands of the people, the, the, the idea of individual sovereignty. These principles, that's the point to stop the federal government from getting big, as, as big as they are. They shouldn't be as big as they are, but to stop them from getting that big, stop them from getting that powerful so they can't just do these things. That's the freaking point. But they figured out something from history. Well, what if we just skirt around the people? What if we just skirt around the Constitution? What if we just skirt around the whole idea of principles and republic? And we do through the back door what we can't do through the front door, and we do it through partnering with corporations to create an economy in the United States and America where eventually you and I, the citizens, have no choice but to go along with their environmental, social governance agenda. Elites, politicians, and corporate heads are recreating society, but they're doing it without the consideration of the people, leaving us without a choice. This gives the elites total control, and they will now continually push the limits of power without blinking an eye. We gave them the control through COVID. We have continued to give them a contr- the control ever since. And it's interesting, you know, as more and more of their craziness continues to get exposed, like the FBI raiding uh, President Trump's private home, like all the other crazy things the FBI has done, like all the crazy things that the Biden administration has done, all, it, it, the more and more they get exposed, they don't apologize. You haven't seen Tony Fauci out there apologizing for lying for the past three years to us. He said, nope, I'm going to resign. They don't apologize. You know what? You know what they, instead, they just double down even more because we have given them the power and they recognize the moment they begin apologizing, the power begins going back into the hands of the American public. They will not do that. They are going to continue to double down and they are going to continue to push the limits of society without blinking an eye, continue to push the boundaries of power grabbing against you and I, the American public. We cannot let this happen. They shut down small businesses and they erased opposition. It's like we said, another major part of fascism. You begin to shut down all of your opposition. That's part of what the agenda through COVID-19 was, was to shut down local small businesses, which account for about 50% of the American economy. Now, all those people who were shopping at local coffee shops, local grocery stores, local markets, shoe stores, whatever it is, those people were now forced to go to the big chains, which were all part of this ESG agenda working with our federal government. They've created a society where the opposition has been smashed. This is absolutely crazy, guys. Okay, so, so we got the problem, right? There's the diagnosis. There's the problem. So what do we do about it? What's the remedy? Well, I'll tell you guys what we need to do. We need to create, and, and I'm being absolutely honest about this, and I was teaching this live and in person recently, and I told him, we, we need to create a counter economy. 
We need to create an alternative economy. And I know, I know right off the bat that sounds, well, how are we going to do this? Well, how did a small group of shopkeepers and farmers get together and overthrow one of the most, the most powerful military forces in the world at the time during the revolution? They worked together. They had camaraderie. They were driven. They were organized. They had leadership. They had ideas and they had financing behind them. That, my friends, is what we need. So how do we do this? One, you and I, we need, first of all, we need things like this right here, Camp on the Hill, you need to share this information because we need to start getting, we need to, we need to, we need to get our friends, we need to get our family having these conversations because everyone now, you know, a couple of years ago, people said, oh, this is all conspiracy. It's all out in the open now. Uh, the people who are doing this are, are straight up saying they're doing it. We need to have these conversations. We need to be meeting with family and friends. We need to be meeting with our buddies in coffee shops. People need to be meeting in bars and, and having these conversations um, and talking about these things, whether you agree or whether you disagree. We need to begin facing these things and getting this more and more out into the public discourse because the more it's out in public discourse, the less and less these global elites can hide. Um, secondly, we need to shape our we need to shape our communities with how we spend our money. Okay, so what that means is you and I we need to stop giving our hard-earned money to organizations and businesses that are giving our money in turn to causes that we don't believe in, like ESG. So how do you figure out who those companies are? Head on over to the World Economic Forum website and check out who their partners are. You will get a list of all the corporations and companies around the world that work with them that are pushing these ESG agendas. And a lot of them are places that you and I shop at all the time. So I'm just going to say it. We need to stop giving our money to Walmart. We need to stop giving our money to Target. We need to stop giving our money to places like Starbucks. We need to stop giving our hard-earned money to organizations that hate the United States of America. And you might say, well, that sounds a little bit harsh. That sounds just a little bit provocative. Well, it is. But in actuality, on paper, these organizations hate the ideas that form the United States of America. And the United States of America is an idea. It is an idea, and once the idea upon which it was based is lost, it is lost. These companies hate the United States of America. They hate it, and they hate things like you and I having individual sovereignty. They hate biblical principles, and it's time that we stop giving them our money because the only way they're able to grow bigger and do what they do to partner with the government to take more and more rights away from you and I is because we're the one actually financing their machine against us. So we need to stop shopping with them. So what do we do instead? We create an alternative economy. Well, how do we do that? Well, I've got a great resource for you. I stumbled upon this uh, probably about a month ago, a little over a month ago. It's an app for your phone. And it's called Public Square. So you can head on over to the App Store and type in Public Square. It's going to come up as Public SQ. And what this is is an app that shows in your area, wherever you are, it's great to use locally where you live and it's great to use while you're traveling. Um, it's an app that wherever you go, it will show you 
local businesses, coffee shops, grocery stores, all sorts of other businesses, bakeries, places that you can give your money to and do business with that promote pro-conservative, pro-American ideals and agenda that are not going to give your money toward things like abortion, that are not going to give your money toward things like the LGBTQ agenda, that are not going to give your money toward things like helping the federal government to take away your rights from you little by little. Instead, they are going to take your money and they are going to give it toward pro-American and pro-Republican ideals. They are fighting on our side. So go ahead and after you get done with this episode, go over head over to the App Store and check out Public Square. That's Public Square, Public SQ. And we need to begin shopping locally. All right. Don't go to the big chains. Don't go to Walmart. Don't go to, to uh, Target. Don't go to Starbucks. Sure, it's convenient. But my goodness, for the sake of convenience, we are handing over our souls. Now, guys, I'm just going to get real with you for a second. I'm a Christian. I believe that the word of God is true, and I believe that what Jesus was talking about when he said, what what does it benefit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? This is one of the things he was talking about. What does it benefit you and I to save a few minutes at the grocery store because we know where everything is and it's convenient? What does it benefit us to sit through the nice little, you know, uh, Starbucks experience, yet we're forfeiting our soul, man. We're forfeiting the soul of this nation. We can't do it anymore. It's time to be the rebels that we were born to be. And just like in 1776, it's time for our generation to rebel against a system that is once again seeking to take away our individual sovereignty. We need to start small businesses we need to support Christian and American businesses, businesses with, businesses with Christian and American ideals. There are several in my area that I've, I've, I've started to move away from the big brands and go to the local places that I know are Christian and they're conservative and they're giving money towards those. That's what we do, guys. We need to hit back and we need to hit back hard. It's time for us to create a counter economy and we're seeing this happen, guys. We're seeing all over the country right now. We're seeing in places like Florida where, you know, the governor's working really hard down there, but so are the people. We're seeing through organization that went to a great meeting a week ago by an organization called Moms uh, Moms for America where there's 500,000 moms all across America that are hitting back um, and, 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 and fighting for things like school choice and getting all the craziness out of schools. Guys, there is a counterculture emerging and this counterculture is emerging to hit back hard against the global elites. So that's where we're at. That's where we're headed, my friends. And it is time for you and I to join the fight. Thank you guys for listening. Um, go ahead and share this episode, and I look forward to seeing you next time.